Man, between Yukiko and Blaze, Sega sure does know how to make beards. <laughs> I know they I know Atlas I know Sega didn't own Atlas during P4. Shut up. Yeah, but you know, look, game recognized game. <laughs> They're like, alright, clearly they are the only people that know beards better than us. We gotta get we gotta combine our fucking powers here. <laughs> To make the ultimate beard simulator. Alright. Top five video game beards. Let's go. <laughs> Yukiko. Yukiko, clearly. Blaze. Blaze the cat, yes. Uh, this is a this is a strong argument you're making in this tweet. <laughs> uh Eris. Hmm. Is so I mean, I guess my question here is. Where, what are we saying makes Cloud potentially gay? Because I would think that, you know, for a lot of these, I just end up thinking just like that they're Vosel, but what do I know? I feel like Cloud's... Well, yeah, true. Cloud... I feel like Cloud is ace more than anything. Mm. I feel like Cloud's ace, but people on Midgar just don't quite understand that concept. This this plays to me, so, you know, then... then yeah, that would definitely put Eris in that position. Also, thank you for saying her name correct. I mean, I guess it is the the wrong way to say it, but I like it that way. The PS1 game spells it with an S. Fuck you. It's spelt with an S. The PS1 game is also very poorly translated. Yeah, well, the American spelling... This guy are sick. <laughs> remake. Remake. Sure, I'll give you the remake is Aerith. But the PS1 game? Nah. Low low poly? It's Eris. Fair enough. Alright, that's that's three, though. It's hard to think of. Alright, let me open up Smash. That's got a bunch of people in it. How is this even harder than booking a season of Wrestler Drag Race? The Ice Climbers are each other's beard. Hell no, I do not buy that for a second. Nana and Popo, fuck. It's just, it's so cold... That basically Popo froze his balls off. He's fine. They call it Arctic castration. Does Link fuck? I want to say Link fucks. Link is also like a child in half of them, so does, no. Does Breath of the Wild count. Link fuck? Breath of the Wild Link absolutely fucks. Samus gives me Vosel energy. Yeah. But I feel like I, I feel like Samus though doesn't have a beard. Samus just no. Sa Samus doesn't have a beard at all. I, I just feel like Samus is just <laughs> the ultimate true Volcel. I mean, I don't know though. Samus does have her maternal instincts. Look, Chosa raised her right. She under she like Fast and the Furious understands it's all about family. Yeah. Look again. I played other M. Palutena. No. Because what about Pit. Yeah, what about Pit? Because Pit Pit gets given the strongest fucking signals and he just ignores all of them. And I don't know if that's because he's a child or because he doesn't like women. I can get behind that. Terry fucks. Terry absolutely fucks. How's that even a question? Why do you think they couldn't put Mai in the game, dog? <laughs> Terry fucks, but Terry fucks gender swap Terry. <laughs> God. Is that would would that be masturbation? No. It's technically a different person. Is it though? Now you've got me questioning. I mean, if anything, that is the point of this show, is to, to make you question literally everything you have ever believed. 
I think Luigi is Daisy's beard. Yes, I absolutely 100% believe that. Okay, there we go. That's five. Yeah. Thanks, Smash Ultimate. Sherry, hi. You know good motherfucker. You are worse than Hulk Hogan. And you're lucky I didn't break your back and had to come straight you. Shinky, baby. Put the bass in your back. Break his back. Make your whole body humble. Besides that, everything was great. Great, 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 great. Welcome to the main stage of Ruthless Aggression! ProWrestling.cool's podcast covering drag race and the wide world of drag culture beyond RuPaul's purview. Heck of a show for y'all this evening, and let us not waste any more time. I'm your host, John Gavrexy Maxwell, joined as always by Oscar Bernard. I had someone over, and this morning they gave me a second premiere. nothing still we still will never be able to follow up these terrible puns that we're doing we need a we need a ross and a carson on this show it's true we need them to to absorb the blow where we're keeping this whole thing going where's trace pro wrestling.cool's most equivalent to ross matthews playing monster hunter <laughs> that's 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 what i call looking through grinder on a tough night wow I don't even know what that means. I, I'm i not entirely sure anymore either. I don't think half of them know what jokes they make mean either. We are already off to a great start here on this podcast about RuPaul's Drag Race. Still a better start than season 13's off to. It sure is, because, yeah, we're back once again this week to uh, cover the next episode of this uh, season RuPaul's Drag Race, Season 13, Episode 2. I don't have the title. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. I just watched it like three hours ago. I should probably know that. It, look, it's a gen- it's a very generic fucking title. <laughs> Not wrong. Also a very generic song and a very generic stupid thing that they had them do. Are you implying that Mama Ru makes bad music? <laughs> Why would I ever be saying anything of the sort? But also, yes. <laughs> and we sure did get a bunch of it in this week's episode, unless you have uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get on into it, Oscar. Not really, other than, hey, Rogers, let me subscribe to OutTV. Fuck you. Yeah, let's. that is actually the one thing that we should discuss first is... Yeah, so, you know, I did my usual thing of uh, doing the drinking game, watching the show. Uh, new updated rules, by the way, is you drink a shot during the opening theme song, then you drink a shot during the end, of, at the right at the end of Cover Girl, and then finally you have your last shot during Untucked when the first person cries. Or if you're Oscar, you just take a shot every time someone cries. Yeah, I, that's a good way to die. I haven't been doing the shots during Cover Girl, but I took a shot every time a queen cried. Wasn't a whole lot this week because if they cry in the coming up vignette, that doesn't count. Yeah, they have to just cry. You have to see them cry on the actual show. Yeah, that's just a tease to let you know. Okay, I'm gonna have to get a shot. I keep forgetting as well just how much I fucking hate the bumper during Untucked. Girl. It's the fucking worst. It sure is. Especially because, so I've been, I, I had to watch it on demand this week. 
which means I was watching it with no ads, but they still play the bumper. Yeah. So it's just, girl, girl. I mean, it's weird because it's like, on one hand, I, you look, it's not like I really am like the, the two RuPaul laughs that they have between the commercial breaks either, but fuck, man. They're, the, the, the two RuPaul laughs are harmless. Like, whatever, it's RuPaul laughing. I know, it's just, for God's sakes, we've been hearing those same takes for the past 13 years or something. Could you switch it up? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, not a whole lot of crying this week on... You know, not a whole lot of crying this week on Untucked. There's, like, arguably... A lot of it was... One, there's definitely one, and then I I would say arguably a second one. Did did Gottmik actually cry? I, I counted Gottmik as crying. Yeah, I, I'd say Gottmik cried. Like, a lot of it just felt like the, the same cry. Which, you know, I'm not gonna count as multiple things, even though... Even though, like, it took place over multiple commercial breaks. Yeah, it was it was two cries. But, yeah, so I had to watch it on demand this week because my cable company, Rogers, sucks ass. So you have to subscribe to uh, OutTV to be able to watch the show live, correct? Yes. Now, normally what I've done is I've just watched it on my computer on the fucking, like, OutTV Go website. Okay. But I thought, this year, you know what? I kind of want to just get it on... I kind of just want to watch it on my TV and watch it on my couch and shit. You know? Hell yeah. Why not? And so, I subscribed to OutTV. Rogers originally tells me it's going to be $47.95 a month. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why? And then five minutes later, I get a response saying, sorry, it's seven ninety five a month. I typed a four instead of a dollar sign. <laughs> and then, like, so this is seven o'clock now, and I'm just trying to figure out, like, okay, when's the show? When, when am I going to get access to the channel? So I contact Rogers again, and I'm like, hey, I just ordered this channel. What's going on? And then I found out they subscribed me to the on-demand OutTV, but not the live OutTV channel. And after a fucking hour on them, and it's like 8.30 now, I've fully missed Drag Race. Or like, I've, I'm not, I'm at the point where it's like, well, I'm not going to start 30 minutes into the show. Yeah. You are going to have to watch the replay. Yeah. And so it's just like, oh, well, it turns out because my house is part of like a bulk packet, like with, with like the other units in my co-op, in order for me to get it, all the units would have to pay for it. Which, how does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. And as much as there's a part of me thinking, well, I kind of do want to try to convince the really heavily religious Orthodox Jews in my community to, to pay seven bucks for the gay channel. That would be really fun. Yeah, but I, you know, it's just like, well, fine, Rogers, you're not going to get more money from me. I'm just going to subscribe to the fucking... On demand channel again, because it's forty bucks a year, and you're just circumventing Rogers entirely. Yeah, and now I can watch all the hottest shows like RuPaul's Drag Race, RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked, RuPaul's Drag Race UK, RuPaul's Drag Race UK Untucked, and a bunch of fucking reruns of Shit's Creek. Hey, I thought you also got Kids in the Hall. Kids in the Hall's on the on demand channel. Oh. Uh, also, every single day 
for like four hours from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. is this show called called Don't Quit Your Gay Job. Word? Which, from what I can gather of the little bits I've seen of it and the little bits of like the description, it sounds like what if we did Undercover Boss, but instead of CEOs, it's just gay people? Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not sure how you make a show out of this, but... Well, it's on for four hours at, starting from 2 a.m. basically every day on OutTV. Because, turns out, they're running into the problem Logo ran into. Oscar, I think we're going to need to have to uh, do a, a ruthless aggression on this show. Yeah, I know that this is not technically drag, but I I need to know about this show. All right, let me see what's on OutTV right now. Excellent content for a podcast that will not be put out on th- at the time that we are, you know, saying this. This is this is the equivalent uh this is the equivalent of me do of me reading the time on the uh on the best of shows, but in a far more obtuse way. And also people will actually hear these ones because I'm not going to cut it out. <laughs> uh right now they are showing right now they are showing uh an Alan Carr talk show. This makes sense. Alright then. They also have their own, uh... God, what the f- It is- It's very clearly hard to fill a schedule. With such great shows as Fuck Yas. What? It seems like it's a half-hour comedy. Okay. How horrible can it be for Nico, a gay party boy, to return to his suburban town and take care of his homophobic grandfather? I don't know, show. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> This is on every day. Every morning at 8.30 a.m. they show the new Adams Family. Sure, alright. I mean, you know, Logo here showed, at least for a while, you could show a lot of Living Single, which is pretty cool. Yeah! Living Single's cool. Hell yeah! Remember when they ripped it off and it became Friends? Uh, excuse me. David Schwimmer did say that one day he would love to see an all-black version of Friends. <laughs> And had everybody his replies just saying, That's Living Single! No one told us life was going to be this way. Oscar. Yeah? You want to talk about this week's RuPaul's Drag Race? Yeah! I know that we're trying to avoid it, which is why you're, you know, trying to tell me the TV guide for OutTV, (laughs) a Canadian channel that pretty much nobody else listening to this show uh, will probably get... It's Canada's only national LGBTQ TV network. That it is, Oscar. But one of the programs they show on it is indeed RuPaul's Drag Race. This is true. We open this week following up on the bullshit from last week with the pork chop loading dock. And all these jabronis need to decide who's going to go based on absolutely nothing. I kind of enjoyed this twist. Or I enjoyed the payoff of this twist. I feel like that's definitely a highlight and a hallmark of this episode is that it had some good payoffs that it really didn't earn because the things it were paying was paying off sucked. I so 
They voted off Elliot with two T's. Well, first, it comes down to a tie between Elliot with two T's and Utica Queen. Yeah, because these queens have no fucking taste. And again, it's all fucking weird, arbitrary bullshit. Like, one of the things that they play is, like, uh, fucking... Denali getting all mad about the, the lady with the chicken feathers? Like, come on! Yeah... Look, it was... It feels like they're so desperately trying for drama. I mean, there's a lot of that this episode, but we will get to that. Yes. It's just... It really highlights just how completely fucking arbitrary this decision-making process is. Yeah, you know, which, yes, it is. It has to kind of be arbitrary. They don't know each other. Yeah. And there weren't enough New York queens in there to say fuck Rosé. True enough. Anyway, so, of course, it comes down to Elliot with two T's and Utica Queen. They make him do a tiebreaker, which to me feels even shittier to be like, hey, you now have to choose between these two. Do it again, fools. Like, that just makes the whole thing feel even grosser to me, but what do I know? Yeah. And they decide uh, that Elliot with two T's is getting the chop. Yeah, which, you know, sure, I get it. Well, I don't get it because this is all arbitrary and they didn't spend enough time on the pork chop loading dock for us to understand why these queens were voting off these people. Yeah, and like the little bit that they the little bit that they showed made it very clear that like most of the queens are just going like, "Yeah, I'm just basically having to go on my first impression." Yeah. Because I have nothing else. Like, even, like you know, Rosé, I think, even says, like, you know, yeah, it's not like we we didn't see each other's lip syncs. We don't, yeah. we don't know how, how any of us did. So, I did enjoy, I did sort of enjoy the twist of Elliot with two T's is the one that, because she was pork chopped, she now like, gets to join the winning queens. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that, though, because I, I do have it broken up into uh, the different uh, segments by commercial break here. Uh, I, oh. I do have one last thing in my notes here from the intro, uh, and I don't really remember what it is. I know they, they, they probably said something that annoyed me, and so I put this here. But also I wrote in the notes, also go fuck yourself, Rosé. <laughs> I don't remember specifically what. I think it was probably Rosie you know, making a comment that made me just roll my eyes. Yeah, probably. That sounds like Rosé. It was definitely during, like, the talking head thing after they they chopped Elliot with two T's. Yeah. That's all I remember. I don't know what it was, but it says in my notes here, also go fuck yourself, Rosé, so I'm gonna read it, because it's probably <laughs> true. I expect next week to have a lot of that if they do the same challenges this week. Yeah. As you said, uh, we go into the workroom here. Um, just, we're getting introduced to everybody, seeing all this stuff. Um, finally, uh, Mama Root comes out and brings with her uh, Elliot with two T's to the winner's circle. There is a part of me, though, that very much laughed a lot at the fact that there was no reaction from the other queens who do not know this person, except for Tina Burner, who has not seen her out of drag. Yep. 
And I think very clearly the producers were hoping that it would be like a shock from the other contestants. Yep, they'd be like, oh, and we're like, wait, who? And then, like, I'll give them credit. Tina finally figures out what's going on. And it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm just saying if they if they pork chopped Rosé, it would have been a way better reveal when the other New York queens are like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> like, son of a bitch. But hey, if that, ha- if that happened, maybe we would have gotten a limb this week. But we'll get to that. I don't think we're going to get an limb this week or next week. I don't think... I. So my conspiracy theory about this is there are going to be no eliminations until... And, the, you know, hey, look at kind of the timing on this. Do you think it's going to work out to being about 14 days so they can all have been in the same bubble together before bringing them together? Hmm. I could see that. You know, like, it's a limited amount of group right now so that they can all socially distance in the workroom and then bring all 13 together once it's like, okay, you, we have all, us and the production crew have all been in this bubble together now. I still feel like I could see it being something where it's like, they do start eventually whittling people down. But yeah, that that actually is a good point. Season 13, the first season where there are no eliminated queens. This is now, in fact, RuPaul's best friend race. Although not really, because there are a lot, a lot of the notes that I have for this, uh, for this segment of the show, like stick out to me. Just like, yeah, a lot of there's a lot of sniping going on here. Everybody's calling Elliot a spy, which I don't. It's just all fucking shady. Although Elliot's definitely not helping by coming out swinging a lot of times, <laughs> like they got something to prove. Elliot. Elliot fucking ruled in this. I don't care. I, oh, Elliot absolutely I was... ruled, and I was I was living for all of their fucking shade. Like they're just like, no, I don't give a fuck. I get to come back here, so I'm just gonna fucking go all out. Yeah, you know, hey, did you ever notice that anybody that says I'm so and so's drag daughter goes home first? That's just kind of interesting. I'm not saying anything about you. I'm just saying that's kind of neat. Yeah, that's just a fun fact, isn't it? <laughs> but you know what? Fuck Candy Muse, too. Because, like, I already... Like, when people were saying, like, oh, Candy Muse, I see she's capped in trouble. Like, yeah, no, I barely know this person. I fucking see it immediately. I did kind of warm to Candy Muse this episode, I'm not going to lie. Or I was kind of into uh, some of the shit Candy Muse was doing. I completely disagree with that but you know we'll we'll get to it i'm not really seeing it with candy muse although definitely uh a couple things that other things that stood out to me in this uh thing that i have here in the notes that i want to acknowledge uh gotmik is just completely fucking charming gotmik i love him he's so cool yeah rupaul looks like they've got a lot of work done which tracks with the fact that rupaul was wearing that mask and I also have written here, no queen is a loser except for Sherry Pie. <laughs> you no good motherfucker. And also that that whole, like, inspirational speech sure did feel like a, oh, don't mind what the internet says. Yeah. All I could think about was just the time that 
Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and Sting cut that promo about the internet marks. (laughs) (laughs) In, like, 95. Yeah, then it turns out, actually, the Observer was right. Randy Savage did have a broken arm, and he made it worse. Oh. Now I just want Sherry Pie burning the BuzzFeed article. (laughs) 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 But yeah, uh, I don't know. I I don't got anything else to say about this, unless you got anything. No, um... No, I'll have some kind of stuff to say when we get to the fashion show. Well, then let's get on into it with the first uh, mini challenge of this season. We're doing uh, two runway looks. It's a it's a fashion show. We're doing a a daytime, a ladylike daytime look for the first look, and a vampy nightlife. I'm a whore look. Ugh, thanks, Rue. Thanks, Rue. I was into a lot of the looks here. Lalari still has some pretty bad outfits. Yeah, I was not, I was not into Lalari's uh, daytime outfit. Like, I think it was a great concept, but I completely agree with Michelle. Like, the colors are just too dark for a daytime thing. Also, the outfit is poorly hemmed. Yeah, the outfit was poorly hemmed. Um, like, I know this isn't a sewing challenge yet, but this is like, you know, Lalari's entrance outfit. Looked like shit and was unfinished. This looked unfinished. Yep. Her nighttime look kind of looked unfinished. The nighttime look kind of did look unfinished, but also I was way into it. Conceptually, I was into it. And that's kind of the thing with a lot of the Lala looks I've seen. Except for her runway look in the main challenge, which is kind of the first Lala look I've liked, but we'll get to that. You know... Like, again, a lot of Lala Ree's looks just... If this was... I know it's not Project Runway, but if this was Project Runway, she would be facing elimination. Not wrong. Like, there's a lot of conceptually good, but technically bad. Yeah, I think it's definitely something that makes me wonder how Lala Ree is going to do when we have to get to, like, the actual, like, three-look runway challenges. Or, like, yeah. how... Or, fucking, if, if we had to do, like, Drag on a Dime. God... Got mixed looks, fucking stunning. So, I wasn't super into the daytime look. I, I thought it was clever, but, like, I don't know, it, it just didn't really do it for me. I was in, I was into that weather girl shit. Maybe it's just the shoulders. Maybe I just didn't really like the weird, just, like, kind of standing up shoulders. I just, something about it, just, like, it, I like the concept. I thought it was really neat, and I thought that it looked, it looked really good, but, like, I didn't, I didn't personally care for it. That nighttime look? God fucking damn. Yeah. That was incredible. Uh, she wore that dress so fucking well. I was not expecting... Because I, I was kind of expecting Gottmik to be a look queen. Like, she's had she had a stellar entrance look. Yeah. Olivia Lux had some fan-fucking-tastic looks. So... Olivia Lux's, uh, I, I would say the daytime drag that Olivia Lux brought was incredible. Those fucking colors, the fucking, uh, the sunglasses. The glasses. Like, it was all amazingly done. I was less into the nighttime look. I thought it didn't, the ass looked kind of frumpy. Yeah. It, it, the sh- I- it made the shape look weird. 
Yes, but I, you know, I, I do think that, I don't know, I was still kind of into it. Um, I was into Simone's looks this episode as well. I don't know. I had the same problems with Simone's looks, I feel like. I feel like the daytime look, it was an incredible look. Like, it was so good, but I just feel like it didn't fit her body. You know, look, if, if this was an actual look that a, that a, an actual woman was wearing, like, her her breasts would be just, like, all the way out. <laughs> Yeah. there It felt like there was something missing there, you know? Like, just the way that it was so, like, bulgy in the front, and she just had, like, nothing on underneath. It just, it didn't, it didn't make sense to something like, this is not something that someone would wear outside. You could see literally everything. I guess in the context of a drag look, I was into it, but maybe, yeah, with the context of it being a daytime look, I get where you're coming from. Yes. And... Yeah, I actually thought the nighttime look was really good. Yeah. I actually kind of barely even remember Elliot's looks other than the fact that just the only thing I remember about her daytime look was my mother and I just kind of looking at each other and my mother saying, Michelle Visage isn't going to like the fact that it's just a corset. So, Michelle Visage actually did end up liking the outfit, but... I would say that the, I, I, I agree, the daytime look, it was fine, the, you know, the, as they said, she was going for, like, a French look. Um, I, I just found it kind of boring, and I really didn't like, I did not like the corset. I thought that it had big, I, I again, I'm surprised that Michelle Visage didn't read her for it, because it had big fucking corset with sleeves energy. Yeah, and it also just, the corset, and I'll just say it, the, the way that the corset was tied in the front, it looked terrible. Like, it just looked, like, cheap and shitty. Yeah. But her weird vampire dominatrix nighttime look, let's fucking go! Yeah, yeah no, that fucking rule. That was fucking amazing! And then, uh, I hated both the Candy Muse's looks, and I didn't really like Tina Burner's looks either. Like, I thought both the Tina Burner's looks were fine. Like, I thought that they were good, like, they were okay concepts, I just, I didn't really, you know, the, the execution, I was just like, yeah, this is fine. This is good. I've, this is not something I haven't seen before. And also, can you do any other co- color but red, yellow, and orange? Like, I get it. You love firefighters, but like, come the fuck on. She's going for a brand. The only payoff I enjoyed of this was the fact that she didn't do that color for her runway look. It's true, but I also didn't think the runway look was that great. No, but it's paying homage to Rue's favorite movie, as they were sure to mention. Yes, we get it. Tina Burner is smart and is is fucking... (laughs) Tina Burner is this season's Triple H. She knows how to play the game. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like, I don't know. I was very much... I just can't get into Tina Burner. Yeah, same. I think that Tina Burner's... I think Tina, she comes off as kind of an asshole. And I don't know, and I mean, hey, maybe there's a part of it where I'm just thinking, am I not warming to her because she reminds me of Sherry Pie? I mean, let's say there was that moment in fucking Untucked where Elliot accidentally accidentally called her uh, fucking Nina. Nina. And it's like, yeah, no, she basically is just Nina West, though. Yeah. I mean, hey, maybe we have to add a new category when we do uh, wrestlers at Wrestling Drag Season 3, which is Queen that is good at playing old Hollywood ladies. And we haven't really talked about her looks, but uh, Candy Muse. They were fine. 
I liked the idea of the the daytime look in theory. I kind of I was kind of digging the Amadeus wig. Uh, something about the, the dress just wasn't working for me as much. Fair. I can't quite put my finger on it, but like I wasn't super into it. It didn't grab me. And then the nighttime look, I just fucking hated it. The nighttime look was a little bit of a mess. Yeah. It was a complete and utter fucking mess. And like, yeah, I get it. You're doing like a, a a devil, like a demonic drag look. I've just like, honestly, I feel like that's fucking looks that I've seen at drag shows and I've seen done better. A lot of candy. A lot of what I'm I've seeing. seen. it. I've seen that shit done better at my, at my fucking like bullshit local drag shows for people that can't get on drag race. And like, you're doing this shit. Come on. And, like, admittedly, kind of a lot of what I'm seeing from... I, I Kind of, I think, my problem with Candy Views is that as much as I'm sort of warming to her, there's also just a lot of just, like, well, you're not doing anything I haven't seen before. But, yeah, those are the mini-challenges. Uh, did you find it as strange as I did that they did not declare any winners or losers for the mini-challenge? I kind of didn't even notice, so... All right. I guess, what's the point of even having a mini-challenge when there was, like, you know... At first, like, it felt like they didn't even announce that there was a mini-challenge. We were just like, oh, back from commercial, and now they're doing a runway. Is this the challenge this episode? No, they they did announce that that there would be a mini-challenge. No. It was just lost in RuPaul just saying a lot of things and Elliot appearing. True. You know, look, I'm curious to see what the what the other queens next see, next episode do when they are inevitably given the exact same challenge. Indeed. So anyway, after this, as we're discovering what the maxi challenge is, uh, I do have in my notes here that I things that I want to call out. Uh, Elliot with two T's calls out fucking Tina Burner's firefighter obsession, and it was very good. I Elliot with two T's is. Her, like, fucking Elliot and Simone and Olivia are the ones in this group that I like. Yep. Like, I do kind of love that Elliot just will not fucking stop taking these kind of snipes at people. And just, like, is coming out hard. But, like, there, it's it's always fucking, she's never being, like, fucking rude shady. It's not like she's saying, like, fucking horrible shit here. But, like... You know, it's it's just throwing these barbs here, and people just like motherfucker. Where the fuck did you even come from? You're a yeah. spy. Which how can someone be a spy for RuPaul on a show that where literally every single thing you do is filmed? You think I'm RuPaul so, doesn't know what you're doing? I'm so confused by the spy aspect. Because they want to manufacture drama. Like, do they think she's spying on these girls to give info back to the losers? I don't know. Like, again, it makes no sense, and because there is no sense to it. It's just this show trying to manufacture drama, as it does. Yeah, fair. And also, uh, another thing I want to point out here. So, when they tell us what the maxi challenge is, which is, of course, uh, everybody has to write their own verse for... Uh, them performing, uh, doing a performance of RuPaul's song, Congratulations, uh, with their own choreography that they're all having to come up with themselves. Uh, no Jamal Sims, no anybody, uh, no Tadra Call, nobody to help with anything. 
Although, curiously, Jamal Sims is a guest judge. Yes, which was strange. I wonder if, because I'm looking at the fact that there's, like, basically no guest judges this season. Hmm. And I wonder if a lot of it is just like, yeah, while we're spreading out the guest judges and Jamal Sims is someone that's probably, you know, close to this show anyway, and we're probably going to be using him later for another choreography challenge. So, eh, if we can get him in the bubble now. Yeah, I can see that. Speaking of things in the bubble, can we talk about the fact that outside of the bubble, RuPaul seems to be thinking that this is a great fucking time to use this challenge to plug her Work of the World tour? (laughs) What the fuck are you doing? We're in the middle of a fucking pandemic! Look, Vegas is Vegas is the place where um, they're gonna test it out. This just felt so fucking tone deaf, but it's sadly not even the most tone deaf thing that the show got into today. Also, I have here in my notes, Olivia Lux is sweet, and yeah, Olivia Lux is sweet. I like her. Again, I I kind of really want to Olivia Lux. Yeah, I just find Olivia Lux so charming. Just the way they're all excited about, like, oh, but I'm, I do music. I, I'm a composer. I'm ex- I'm gonna be good at this. And Olivia Lux was good at this. Yeah, it was it was charming and infectious, and not in a way that felt like it didn't feel like you know a Jan would. But also, it feels like they're setting up some drama between Olivia Lux is a good singer and Rosé's a good singer. And so next time they do a singing challenge and they're both in it. Hope not, because fuck Rosé. Yeah, fuck Rosé. So, yeah, I find it very strange that they had to make them all just figure out, like, the choreography together. Although I guess it was, I feel like maybe this was another way of, like, some manufactured drama of, like, oh, we know that fucking uh, Elliot is a good choreographer. I bet that's probably why they put Elliot in. They wanted to make sure that Elliot was in that group. Ooh, true. It does I never make- even consider the idea of the votes being fake. I don't think the votes were fake, but like I do think that it, you know, look, I think it worked out to their benefit, let's say, that the person that got eliminated was perchance a person that would be really good at this first thing. Unless there's a part of me also wondering, I don't know, were they maybe hoping that that Elliot and Rosé would be in the same group to get the drama of them both being, like, choreographers and shit? Mmm, good point. A lot of things to think about, but, you know, while we're dealing with all this drama and all the nonsense of everybody not trusting Elliot and not being good at... The choreography, we get into what is arguably the main story of this episode. And what is making me very concerned for what the tone of the rest of this season is going to be. Yeah. I I will say, I know what you're referring to, and I don't know. Yeah... It didn't sit well with me at first, but then I was just thinking, eh, this maybe is okay, considering that it seems, considering they wrote their own lyrics for this. And it's true. Like, so what we're basically saying is the the main story of this episode, for the most part, is Got Mixed lyrics in uh, The Congratulations is about how they are a trans man. And 
you know, the, literally the opening line of their verse is, Got Mick was born a girl, baby. Yeah. Like, they're fucking leaning directly into it. And then there's just this moment of just Got Mick kind of, like, falling apart and having trouble, like, really connecting when they're trying to rehearse their main parts because Got Mick is having the realization of, oh, this is, now all these people basically know that I'm a trans man. Yep. That I've never discussed this with. And it's just like, I don't know. It feels kind of unbelievable on one sense, because like, how did, how did, how would you, would this not realize that this was going to happen? How did nobody think about this beforehand? I mean, hey, as we kind of learn late, either later in the episode or in Untucked, I can't remember, but Hey, it seems like no one in that group actually did pick up on the on what the lyrics were saying. Yeah, that that was untucked. Yeah. You know, like I don't know. It could easily also just be like the thing of I'm such a convincing I, I'm serving so much fish that yeah, I'm a I'm a fully bi- I'm a fully bio girl in drag. I don't know, because the next line in the song is about how they were told they couldn't do drag. Yeah, true. And just like, you know, and, and yeah, as we were basically getting to, you know, after the, in, after this, as they go into the Elimination Day stuff, like, Gottmik opens up to, to everybody more about all the uh, all the stuff and that they're, and that he's a trans man. Um and they talk, discuss pronouns and all these things. And it's it's all, like, really well done. It's a nice, it's a very nice and well done moment. But it feels, in a lot of ways, I worry that it is cheap and manufactured because of, A, just the fact that how uncomfortable that scene is. And just in a way that feels like, did nobody think of this? And just, like, the way that they're leaning into just to all of this. And just, then I just think about the fact that, like, you know, Gottmik has... I felt like a shorter verse than a lot of the other queens. And the entire verse is basically all about, you know, the fact that they are trans. Yeah. As if they have no other part of their identity. And like, again, maybe this is be me being very oversensitive here, but like in my second viewing of the show earlier today, I was noticing when they were doing the, um, when they were when they were doing the, the nighttime look and showing got mixed look i felt like and i again i don't know if this was intentional or not and men maybe i'm just being oversensitive here it kind of felt like there were folk there was a little bit of, of focusing on the top surgery scar that was pretty visible i did notice the top surgery scar i don't know i i didn't pick up on the fact that like it was a focus in on it but it's just like I did notice it's like, oh, they've had top surgery. Good for them. Yeah. I just, I guess, again, I don't know if I'm being oversensitive here and I'm being fucking unfair to the show, but it just, I worry that their fucking whole thing is basically just going to be, take, have it, hey, we have a trans man on here. Let's make this, them being trans the entirety of their identity on this show. Which I think we sort of predicted that, God, they're going to fucking do that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Like again, I want to. I I want to believe that they had to do this in the first episode, and we're gonna get this moment again when all the queens merge, because Gottmik's only came come out to half the queens. Yep. But 
like, hey, maybe there's a part of me also thinking, well, it's better than what they, it's better than maybe what I was expecting them to do with Gottmik, but I don't know. It's hard to say because like, it's look who fucking knows with this show, but like, I don't, you know, when it's, you know, it's like basically what it comes down to me is that they have the nice moment where Gottmik is basically talking about like, yeah. And then I, you know, I talked to everybody and it just, it felt good to have this weight and I could actually be my, myself again, my kind of like narcissistic self and all these things. And like, you know, you see, you see these fucking glimpses of like, Gottmik is just a full living, breathing person that just has all these contours to them. That is not just, I am a trans man. And it just feels like I can see fucking RuPaul in this fucking show just flattening out all of those contours just make it be like see look it's it's the trans person mm-hmm. i mean there's also and i it really sucks to kind of think in this way but you know i also wonder it's like did they get a trans person who will who rupaul can now point to and say see it's not all just gia gun yeah and I mean, hey, that line of the song about was told I couldn't do drag, there's a part of me also thinking, is that subtle shade at Rue? Maybe. And the fact that Drag Race specifically kind of only lets one kind of drag be acceptable in the mainstream? Yeah. But also, I feel like I'm overthinking this and also probably, you know too cis to be thinking about it this much yeah i mean at the end of the day this is very hard for us to discuss because we are two fucking cis men and like yeah this is a lot of fucking complex shit that like what the fuck can can we really say about it but i do think at the end of the day yeah we're right to be mistrustful of them again i feel like in a vacuum it was fine but thinking about rupaul's history it's dodgy yeah i worry i i watched this and at at the end of the day i think that they they were able to pull out something that was good and like a nice television moment but i worry about what feels like it's already happened like a tokenization that feels like it's already happening yeah i think that's the best way to put it but hey, let's let's move on to something that we can actually, you know, discuss with some, I feel like, uh, knowledge and uh, expertise here. Oscar. John. Congratulations to a fucking terrible song. Yeah. Like a lot of music RuPaul makes. Yep. Especially a lot of music RuPaul's made recently. Yep. Ugh. There was nothing redeeming about this for the most part. No. The verses were all bad. I will say I actually did kind of enjoy, uh, I kind of enjoyed Candy's part. And I, I think, I think this is when I messaged you saying, I don't know, I'm kind of warming to Candy. Yeah, I, this was, I will say, this was the most I like Candy Muse. Like, Candy Muse once yeah. again kind of turned me off with how they act, how she acted during, a, uh, Untucked. But regardless, I, this was the most I like Candy Muse. Like, okay, yeah, no, Candy is talented. Yeah. Olivia Lux's look was uh, incredible. As Olivia Lux, I think, is really shaping up to be the stealth look queen. Yeah, and she was also, uh, she her part was good. Tina's has no flow. Tina, I, Tina was so bad. And or, I feel- I'll say, you know what, Tina has 
flow, but no rhythm. I feel like it was a bold choice to do the rap, and I feel like maybe it paid off because the judges were just kind of impressed at, oh, wow, Tina Burner's doing a rap, but it was a fucking bad rap. Yeah, no, again, it's like there's absolutely no rhythm. It was basically, I'm trying to get in so many words here that it just comes off so fucking stilted. Yeah. And again, like, I get the whole point of, yeah, sure, we are trying, you know, she's doing something different than everybody else. Yeah. It helps you stand out, but it did not work for me at all. Yeah, pretty much. The same way I feel about a lot of what Tina burner has been doing. Yup. And now we get into the runways. Yeah. I mean, hey, I thought the runways were actually pretty good for the most part. I thought Gotmix runway was really cool. Candy Muse's fembot look was, it was, look, it was simple. It was easy, but she, she wore it well. This was Lala Ree, the first Lala Ree look that I really liked, but God, did I really like Lala Ree's look. Yeah, it was a nice look. Olivia killed it. Like, I will say, you know, what Olivia did was simple. It was easy. But, like, I, you know, maybe this is me, maybe this is shitty that I'm about to say it. I look at Olivia Lux's look in this runway, and I got just, like, this is, like, the good version of Britta. Whereas Britta is the evil version of Britta. Fuck. You're not wrong, though. (laughs) Simone's look was the best runway look. Simone's look was incredible. Her boxer look was amazing. It was yeah. so unique. I didn't think much of Elliot's look. Like, it was was fine. I thought Elliot looked, looked gorgeous. It was, look, it wasn't like, a, it wasn't an amazing look by any stretch. But, like, I thought that she looked gorgeous. I'm not saying Elliot didn't wear it well. I just didn't think the look was that impressive. No, again, I don't disagree. And then, yeah, Tina Burner's look was... I get it, you're playing to Rue. Yep, you're doing Greaser Tin Man playing to Rue. Yeah, you did it okay. But also, I thought I thought the look was kind of actually pretty bad. Yeah. There's elements of it I liked. And by elements, I mean, yeah, the axe handbag was pretty, was pretty alright. Everyone I have watched this episode with has had the exact same uh, sentiment as you. Uh, I was more positive on it than most people, but eh, it was nothing. And I don't know, I actually didn't really like Candy's, uh, Fembot look. Really? Conceptually, it was fine, I just, I don't think it worked, I don't think that Candy wore it well. Okay. And I, I, like, I didn't, it, you know, I kind of also, it, I didn't clock it as the reference that it was supposed to be until they basically came out and said it. Hmm. That's fair. It just looked like, oh, you're wearing a negligee. Because you did nothing to sell me on, oh, you're being a fembot. Yeah, I could see that. I didn't, it didn't click for me at first either, admittedly. I just was like, oh, you know what? This is nice. It didn't have the right hair for it. It didn't. Yeah, she I don't know. Done, like I, I liked that she was going for it with the, uh, you know, the the gun hole old things on the uh, the pattern on the front, but I feel like it could have been more like obvious in a way. Yeah, but yeah, 
Anything stand out to you about the judge's critiques? I kind of for No. Same, I have here in my notes, whatever, I don't really care. I thought this was not Michelle Visage's best look. No. The gray streak is all it did was make me think, man, Michelle Visage, this is the first time I've looked at her and thought she's getting on a bit. Yeah, you're not wrong. She looked fucking great in the first episode. Yep. So, yeah. After that, uh, they bring everybody back and we learn that nobody is getting eliminated this week. That's, which, yeah. that's fine. I I think it's weird that nobody's been eliminated yet, but I'm not entirely complaining. It and makes the first episode just seem... It almost makes it feel like, oh, they're doing the season 12 thing of having two premieres. Yep, basically. But then they did the first episode as a way to sort people into it, and this is just dumb? Yeah, pretty much. It feels like a, it feels like a way to drag out the season to get more episodes, because... There's not a lot of things that can be filmed right now. And I, I saw someone else kind of pointing out, it's like, is part of this maybe as well? Because they're thinking, well, if we're going to fly you all out to California, make you quarantine for 14 days, then put you in a production bubble, it would be cool to send you home after one episode. Yeah, probably. I could see it. But yeah, it's just like, I'm not super into the format and it feels like okay so episode four is when this show was actually going to be a show then yeah but hey we do get a lip sync though because our top two are as we said ourselves simone and olivia lux yeah the right two one and then they do a uh their lip sync to uh uh which one? it was break my heart by dua lipa right yes and it was really well done, I thought. They both did good. Uh, as I said here, uh, Olivia Lux was bringing that big Brit energy. <laughs> I did... I was reminded of Brita. just was like... The thing that the thing that made me think of Brita was just like, wow, Olivia Lux has a really big mouth. Yes. That's exactly what I thought. Um, Simone... And, some, and I feel like some of the moves that, that Brita did... Or, or rather, uh, Olivia did in the that lip sync reminded me of Britta's Let It Go shit. Yeah. Except I enjoyed this. No, I enjoyed it too. I just thought, like, Olivia did well. I just also feel like Olivia did, like, a lot of the standard, dra- like, drag performance moves. I'm doing the arm swing. I'm doing this. Oh, I'm gonna overact in the crying. Yeah, like... Simone was clever to use the strengths of the outfit she was wearing as well, like yeah. just playing with the hair and shit. Simone absolutely had an advantage with the outfit that she had, but I will also say that I feel like Simone ultimately did a lot less than fucking Olivia did. She played her performance down a lot more. It was a lot more subtle and a lot and I think it worked better for the song. It made her look mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Like, and I feel like that, that is definitely like, that song is one that definitely needs something that's a little more toned down than what Olivia Lux brought. So when Simone won, I was like, fuck yeah. And I finally learned that fucking the reason that it sounds, it always sounds weird when RuPaul says Dola's is because she's saying doll's hairs. Yeah. What the fuck? I'm sure this is some, cause I definitely remember 
being a kid and hearing the term doll's hairs. I heard it too. Like, I remember hearing it too. It's just like, why would you say it like that? Because like everything RuPaul does, it's, you know, based on shit that happened like 20 years ago. And it's a unique thing that she can brand. Yes. I don't know, this episode was fine. Yeah, this episode was fine. A lot of what's making this show suffer, I think, is just... Man, I get why the format is this way, but also I do not like the format. Nope. And it's also, I'm getting, I just, I feel like they're, the the drama feels very manufactured. Like, I feel like the Got Mix shit was very manufactured, and I don't yeah. trust them. I hope that they let kind of felt, Mix- And it kind of felt more manufactured, it felt manufactured again too, when they went to fucking Undocked. Yeah. Or, like, Candy Muse is, like, fucking crying and getting all bent out of shape about, like, the fucking one, like, constructive criticism comment. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I kind of wish, um... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Something about it just felt off, you know? Like, how literally everybody is there is just like, no, but they liked you and they were really positive on you. Like, they they said you're really good and you look great. And then Candy Muse is just crying. Like, God, okay, what? Again, I'm looking forward to episode four of this show when it's hopefully real drag race. Yeah, same here. You have any thoughts about Untucked? Untucked was fine. You kind of summed it up pretty well of like, yeah, the got mixed stuff feels very tacked on. And yeah, fuck Candy Muse. Fuck Candy Muse. But hey, at least next week we're going to get our other favorite queen. I'm not going to lie. I am so fucking looking forward to Rosé Janning this shit. And, like, totally just trying to take control, being like, I'm the singer here! I know what I'm doing, and I'm just here to help you all. So are they basically doing the exact same challenge, but with a different Rue song? It sounds like it from the previews. Mm. Again, if they're doing the fucking season 12 thing, then, you know, this is just, I'm that bitch again. Yeah, this'll, this'll be the, uh, this'll be their You Think You Know Me. Yeah. And then they don't play the Edge song. So fuck them. <laughs> Oscar John on this day I see clearly now (laughs) that we should probably end this podcast yeah again this show's gonna be this this show's weird the show is weird but we're gonna keep talking about it because what the fuck else would we do talk about wrestling (laughs) no no one else on this website wants to talk about wrestling yeah it's weird how we can't have a podcast anymore because we need to be a three, you know, we want to be a three chair because that, that makes for a better show, but also the other person doesn't want to do it because they refuse to watch anything other than WWE. Hey, the other person doesn't want to do it because the other person doesn't want to do it because they don't want to talk about wrestling until the pandemic's over. Yeah. Again, because they're hoping that WWE will be good, man. I miss when we had a wrestling podcast. Me too. Well, maybe one day Heel Turn will come back. That's not the one I want to come back. Well, that That was the bad one. 
Well, that one's not coming back, except for on Patreon. <laughs> I wish it would come back too, but it's not going to happen. Probably. <laughs> Maybe if his streaming fails. <laughs> he, won't listen. he won't listen to this. I can say that, right? <laughs> Y'all, we're going to stop recording this before I say more things that make Trace get angry at me. Trace, I love you. Please don't be mad at me. We love you. We miss you. Please come home. Yeah, what Oscar said. (laughs) Pa's not mad anymore. He just wants you to come home. Put your picture on the milk cartons. (laughs) Do they? So, I have a question for you, Oscar. Uh, In Canada, do they put the, do they put the, the children's pictures on the bags? I've never seen a milk carton or a bag of milk with the missing child's picture on it. What if we start doing that? <laughs> like, genuinely, the first time I saw it was when they were putting, like, Milhouse's picture on a carton of milk, and I just thought, oh, that's funny that they would put a missing child's picture on milk. That's a stupid place to put it. It sure is, it turns out. <laughs> Yeah, I had no idea that that was a real thing, because I have never seen it up here. Yeah, it, it's not like it, hey, it's not like it happens down here anymore either, really, that I've seen. Oh. That feels like a relic of, like, the 80s and 90s that is now gone. Like, I have vague memories of it from when I was a kid, but, yeah, it's also like, wait, maybe not all a ton of people are buying not as many people are buying milk as we thought that want to do this and also i guess now that a lot of cartons are plastic it doesn't really make sense anymore i looked it up and they stopped putting kids pictures on milk in 1996 the year i was born hey because turns out the amber alert system does the same thing but more effective yeah that makes sense it's a silly thing but hey speaking of silly things this show that we do Called Ruthless Aggression, the RuPaul podcast for the wrestling website. We're done with it for now. We'll be back next week because there'll be another episode. Oh, wait, actually, one other thing before we go. Uh, what's what's going on with Drag Race UK? Uh, starts next week. Well, hey, maybe we'll be able to discuss it on next week's episode. If it's anything like Drag Race UK Season 1, it's gonna be a better show. Well, here's hoping. But, until next week, folks, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. All right, let the music play. Iranian, 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 Iran number one. Iranian, 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 intelligent Jew. This podcast was brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows.